The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, and today is just for you guys to think about ways to navigate parenting in front of family members. Just when you're parenting in front of other people, particularly those who you have a long history with, and you just don't want to feel embarrassed or feel triggered or feel like you're being judged. So those are just the moments on my mind right now. And I know they're on the minds of a lot of people between the activities or meals with extended family. You know, it just can make us cling so much to the expectation that it's going to go well, that we're going to just get everybody together and then we feel crappy. So I've enlisted the wonderful Susan Stiffelman. She's a marriage and family therapist and teacher and licensed psychotherapist who has been working with families for over 30 years. She has an awesome podcast called Parenting Without Power Struggles. So that's our conversation. And please order your copy of The Five Principles of Parenting and DM me on at Raising Good Humans podcast when you do order my book, my very first book, The Five Principles of Parenting, Your Essential Guide to Raising Good Humans, because it's getting close to pub date. And I really, really, really want to make sure that you have it in your hands right away. And also you guys are my team. So I just need your support. And of course you get an early chapter and I'm going to do a live Zoom with the next group of pre-orders. So make sure you go to draliza.com and send in your order number or a picture of your receipt. Or again, just DM me and we'll figure it out. Okay, so it's the holiday season. And we know that there's lots of joy that people expect. And with that sometimes comes a lot of stress and a lot of tantrums and a lot of struggles. And I wanted to talk to you about really practical ways to help families manage these moments and shift the expectation and also actually go through some scenarios that we might, that are sort of expected scenarios that might come up and have a plan for them so that it doesn't feel quite as overwhelming in the moment. Awesome. Awesome. And it's so good for parents to kind of think ahead. You know, I, I talk a lot in my work about being what I call the captain of the ship. I've been using this analogy for, I don't know, 20 years or something. And sometimes I'll say, you know, you don't want to be on a ship with a captain who like, oh my gosh, I just crashed into an iceberg. Oh no, I just crashed into another iceberg. Oh, now, now they're tailing. I sailed into a storm. Or it's like you would hope that your captain has some capacity to look ahead and anticipate. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Let's just say right off the bat, it can be a very hyped up, ramped up, emotionally intense and stressful time for children and their parents. So let's look ahead. Like you're saying, I think it's great. Okay, so some examples of looking ahead include, but are not limited to, <laughs> deciding when to change bedtime and when to make exceptions and how to manage that, deciding on letting go of or not letting go of number of treats and presents, deciding how to 
manage in front of other family members or friends who are watching you parent (laughs) and figuring out what you believe or don't believe and how you're sharing that with your kids. Awesome. Off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) And there's probably about 50 more, but those are really great ones. Where do you want to start? So I think that it's super helpful to first plan how you're going to navigate parenting in front of other people. And funny enough, that was the one I thought of starting with too, because Ah. it actually can hang so heavily. It can, you know, our shoulders lift up and scrunch and tighten. We get a knot in our stomach, whether it's your parents, your in-laws, your siblings, you know, if you feel that you're on display and ironically, it's often you know, our kids pick up on that. So they pick up on a slightly elevated self-awareness, self-consciousness, fear. And, you know, sometimes life just delivers us these, quote, opportunities <laughs> to grow and mm-hmm. look at these difficult corners and dark places inside. And so if we're really kind of invested in being perceived as a competent, calm, reasonable parent with you know, phenomenally friendly, warm, cheerful, and and cooperative children, the stage is now set for all that to explode. And it just seems like sometimes life conspires to create just the right conditions so that that will happen. So what's the answer? And I I know you and I talked for my podcast just about some of these ideas. And I love one of the things you said in our interview around what can you control and what can't you control? Yeah. Stress is really a function of trying to control things that you can't. It's why, you know, the 12-step program, you know, has that beautiful prayer, you know, help me accept the things that I cannot change, you know. So we know that we can't change a child's behavior, really. We can influence it. We can try and set up conditions so that our kids don't, you know, throw things at the family holiday meal or that they do maybe address their grandparents with actual eye contact or whatever it is that we're hoping will happen, that they don't, you know, lock their cousin in the closet. We can hope and maybe set up conditions, you know, for those things, which is what the captain would do. But if it does happen, I I talk a lot in my work about making friends with the worst case scenario, that there's a lot Mm -hmm. of freedom in, okay, we'll do all the work we can to avoid the cousin getting locked in the closet and, you know, kids, you know, making warm and friendly contact with their grandparents. But let me find my way to reduce my stress because the stress can influence how our kids behave in the circuitous way. So how do I be less stressed? I'm less stressed when I don't need somebody to do something to feel happy. You know, one of the things I talk with parents a lot about when you're making a request, the four words I would encourage you not to begin your request with are, I need you to. Yes. And how popular are those words? Exactly. I need you to get your shoes on. Now, if you're in a really warm and loving connection with your child, they're going to go, oh gosh, thank you, mommy, for telling me what you need, because it gives me so much joy to fulfill that need of yours. But (laughs) if that's not the case, your kids are irritated with you, or you didn't let them have an extra chocolate or whatever, then now you've said, here's exactly the thing not to do if you want to kind of act out your resentment or frustration. So I would avoid, so we want to, how do we release ourselves from the pressure of needing our kids to be a certain way to feel okay? We recognize the impossibility of that and we make friends with how bad it could get. 
So sometimes I'll actually, when I'm coaching parents, I'll have them paint the picture of the dreaded scenario, right? Okay, so the grandparents walk in the door, your kids, you know, kick them in the shin and then they run off and they, you know, lock the cousin in the closet and then they throw the food at the table. It's like they do all the things that you're afraid of. Other things. How could you, independent of controlling what they do, find your way, not ideally, not something you would choose, but how could you remember that you would be okay? Well, one of the ways you do that is you think of times when things did go awful, you know, even whether it's with you or at, a, at one of your relatives' houses. Maybe you remember that you still loved them when their kids acted out. So, or you, you actually can even be vulnerable. Listen, mom, dad, I'm really feeling kind of uneasy about the holidays because, you know, the kids get ramped up. And I just wanted to say ahead of time, I so hope that they're warm and loving and friendly to you. And I hope you can reassure me that even if they aren't, we'll be okay. The Lactation Network, TLN, is the largest national provider of insurance-covered lactation care delivered by international board-certified lactation consultants, IBCLCs, and they provide lactation support, including breast pump products and lactation consultations to families in need of care. Breastfeeding in whatever form it takes, however you are doing it, whether it is partial full-time combination on the breast, pumped in a bottle, whatever you're doing is right for you, but you deserve support and you deserve for insurance to cover that support. I had, I did not know anything about the lactation network when I was having my babies, but I can tell you that I needed a lot of support. So the lactation network provides support to parents throughout the duration of their prenatal two weaning journey. And this includes prenatal consultations, key to setting families up for success, and postpartum lactation consultations to help them meet their breastfeeding goals. Again, whatever those are, if you have them, you deserve support. So if you or someone you know is expecting or a new parent, they deserve expert lactation care. Visit tln.care for more information and to check your coverage and schedule a consultation. It can be hard for a lot of new mothers. Here is the thing about hydrating. It's important all the time. I am perpetually dehydrated, so Liquid IV is a fabulous brand, but it's extra helpful during the holiday season because, you know, you might be exhausted from all the gift shopping or the traveling or hosting, or recovering from a holiday party. So you really need to hydrate this season. And Liquid IV is even available and sugar-free in three delicious flavors, white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. I prefer lemon lime, but it's great for everyday hydration, not just for athletes. I am in no great shock, not an athlete, but I do get really thirsty. I'm not amazing about water. So I like the liquid IV, just adding a little bit of punch and it has electrolytes, no artificial sweeteners. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And you can grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 
20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code HUMANS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code HUMANS at liquidiv.com. I think it's so helpful to remind ourselves that we also hopefully are in families or spending the holidays or the time of year around people who we can assume love us. And if they don't, we can spend some time figuring out what in the world we're doing there. But (laughs) let's just give the most generous way of thinking of this. They love us. And as people who love us, and what would we imagine we'd want our kids to say to us or our siblings or whatever, you know, I really want you to know what is what what is possible. And here's what my hopes are, but here's what might happen. And I hope that you remember that you love us unconditionally, just like we love our kids unconditionally and all of that. Yeah. I think it's really helpful to have those conversations in advance instead of like yeah. the dread and terror of like, what if all the things yeah. don't yeah. go the way I hope. And that way you're all on the same team is what I'm hearing you say. Exactly. Like we're in this together. Yeah. And then, of course, you can have a conversation with your kids. You can say, listen, you know, I don't know if you know, but grandpa's been a little unsteady on his feet. I w- it would mean a lot to all of us if you could tr- see if you yeah. remember that, you know, that pretend that grandpa's just not, or whatever, you come up with an analogy. He doesn't really want to use a cane or a walker, but we wish he would. Maybe even he'll listen to you. And you might even empower the child. Would you be the one in charge of making sure that grandpa has a lot of nice nice things to hold on to, or maybe you can even let him hold on to your shoulder when he's walking to the table. So we're now enlisting our kids in a loving yes. way rather than now you be sure not to do this and don't do that either. And be, you know, be and and then also when parents say be on your best behavior, it's like, what's that? Like right. What does that even mean? What does that yeah. mean? Like, okay, well be specific. Yeah, there. Be specific. <laughs> So I like the idea of we're talking to the family if if or friends in an ideal world in advance. And also we can set the expectations with our kids and help them in like a collaborative way yeah. be part of this experience. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that sort of sets the best chances up. That and like a good night's sleep. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say, and sleep and not a you know, a, a cup of sugar. You know, those things might be helpful. Those things might be a little bit helpful, but let's say things do go wrong. Okay. Let's talk through that because what is more upsetting to our nervous system than having in front of the very people that we have the history with that we're always trying to unpack and figure out that we feel like a failure? Yeah. So please opine. Opine. Oh my gosh. I love that as a verb. And I've never heard it used that way. I'm with your permission. I'd like to borrow it. Would you, Anytime. Would you opine <laughs> on that? There's also a simple, simple way that Brene Brown came up with that I think might apply nicely here, which yes. is, yes. you know, let's say your child has locked the cousin in the closet and this the kids, you know, the cousin is a gentle, sensitive child, didn't deserve to be locked in the closet. You're feeling terrible. It's your sister's child. You feel terrible about the whole story. You don't know why your kids did it. And then, you know, the child is released and, you know, you're trying to pass things over. You have the appropriate conversations and repairs and all that. But you may still have this sinking feeling inside of like, oh, 
that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe she's not going to want to come back. Maybe the little boy isn't going to come, you know, the cousin. So I love that sentence. And it looks like you're familiar with it. The story I'm telling myself. Yes. Is. And I just think it's so generous and honest and vulnerable. Sister, the story I'm telling myself is that after what happened, you might either judge me as not a good parent or worse, not want to come back. And it it feels like that would be heartbreaking, even though a part of me understands that you want to protect your little boy. Can we talk about it? Yes, I love that sentence. And I remember hearing her say it and I was like, cannot believe sometimes the most simple ideas and the way to say them, like it's, it could change your entire relationship and your entire holiday Yes, because it's, it's such a great use of this that would not have occurred to me to say that to the family member where you're, you know, I think of it definitely with romantic relationships and with kids, but it didn't occur to me to say like, sister, the story I'm telling myself. And I love that. Now, what are we saying with our kids in the event that they, I I would imagine there are many different reactions, but I can hear some people feeling like if I lose my cool, Mm -hmm. because I'm going through my, you know, a flood of reactions. And now my child who I did want to unlock the closet and did need to understand that that's not Okay. But now I've lost the plot because I'm so busy being so reactive. What can you really do to get that back on track? With your child or with your in your own body? First in your own body, then with your child. Yeah. yeah. It's always great. It always starts there. And there's a lot of things you can do. And you know, I love Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion. And one of the things that she talks about doing is literally you put your hand on your heart or on the side. Sometimes I do this with both hands on the sides of my face. I'm doing it right now. And in the way that the most loving, just comforting mama, grandma would do for you if you were just upside down and sideways and freaked out and upset. Oh, sweetheart, this is, this is a hard moment. You give that to yourself. You give yourself this compassion, understanding, comfort, reassurance. This is a hard moment. Things went spinning and oh, you take a breath. You can then say, and, and Kristen talks about this in her idea of common humanity. Can I in my mind, in my imagination, imagine, because it's true, that there are other people who in this very moment are experiencing the same thing. So you feel like you're linking arms with other people who are also, whose kids also lock their, their cousins in closets or did something <laughs> comparable to that, like that you're not alone, basically. And then you ask, what do I need? What do I need right now? And of course, you might have this drive to go find your kids and, you know, have a talking to. And, and well, you should at some point. But again, we look for our own regulated state first. And what do you need? I need to step outside. I need to take a walk around the block. I need a, a cup of tea. I need to put my hands in warm water. I need to breathe in some a scent that is kind of relaxing and reassuring to me. I need to call my friend or text my friend. So it starts with you finding your way back into a more regulated state. And I'll pause there and see what you you want to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with all of this. So there. 
Okay. Okay. So there. Beyond Brew is the deliciously balanced dose of wellness your body and brain crave. And you don't have to give up coffee, which I cannot do. So it's one of those things where you have awakened brew with Live Conscious's potent blend of six super powered organic mushrooms like lion's mane and reishi, and a powerful pre and probiotic because we all need digestive support. And it was designed to support sharp cognition, gut and immune health, and overall feel goodness. And it can be your new morning ritual if you are one of those people who's committed to giving up coffee or like that's part of your New Year's resolution. I am not one of those people. So I enjoy Beyond Brew by adding it to enhance my morning coffee. You can do that with smoothies or bowls or oatmeal or any of those things. If you want to bring it to the next level, you get a brand with integrity, formulated with high-quality, globally-sourced ingredients. There is third-party transparency testing. And for a limited time, get your next purchase of Beyond Brew with an exclusive 15% off for Raising Good Humans listeners only. Simply use the promo code HUMANS on weliveconscious.com and you get 15% off. Okay, really important to take a moment, and I know nobody has time, but take a moment and order your copy or copies of The Five Principles of Parenting, Your Essential Guide to Raising Good Humans by me, Dr. Lisa Pressman. Order them wherever you like to get your books. I, of course, would love for you to do local, but you know what? You can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, bookshop.com. This book is for you to have as a resource, whether you have an infant or a teen. This is kind of covering everything I could think of that I know you would need under one roof. And with the ways of looking at every parenting challenge that we didn't cover, but just you kind of start to become pretty fluent in it. Please order your copy of the five principles of parenting and DM me and let me know that you've done it. I am so honored and thrilled and excited for you to have it. It's coming. You used a term, and I don't know if it was here or in my podcast, which we recorded, but (laughs) how our kids borrow our regulated state. Oh, yes. That was on yours. (laughs) But it's true. Once we get regulated, now it's time to lend a little bit of that nervous system back on over. Yeah. So it has, we we cannot do it in the moment. Now, that's not to say, by the way, listeners, if your kid, your child locks their cousin in the closet, we fully understand that you may find this out and scream and shout at your errant child. How could you have done that? Johnny, what did Johnny do to you? And go to your room right now. All that may happen. So no shame. Don't. Yeah. And, and more, more likely it happened before you then got yourself regulated. Like oh, the order of operations in an ideal world is that you would have put your hands oh, on God. your cheeks or on your heart. But we are all also parents and yeah. we know that it could be that the order of operations does not happen the way we wanted yeah. it. And so let's assume that you might have already yeah. flown off the handle, yeah. but now you're back. That's why I mentioned it, because this is the, re- the in reality, you probably have screamed and yelled at your kid <laughs> in the room or, you know, 
go outside, yeah. whatever. We know that everybody. So nobody here is aiming for, you know, sainthood or anything like that. We're just <laughs> human beings and we get really triggered and angry and upset. So now we're working on ourselves. We're feeling a little more in our body. We've calmed a little bit down. Then you might go and find, or hopefully you find your child and you say, hey, hey, I love you. I know that I got really mad and you did something that was very much out of character because you're a very kind child. And what should we do to make sure that your cousin feels okay? So I would be looking less about analyzing the behavior, depending, of course, if it's a six-year-old or a 14-year-old, you know, you have a different path you're going to go down with a 14-year-old. I'm not going to get overly like, why did you do that? The truth is they don't know. And we ask our kids, what are you feeling right now? What were you feeling when you locked your kid? Who knows what they were feeling? I mean, yeah. if the why is always a tricky question because yeah. it's like, I don't know if I knew why. Yeah. I would be a much more regulated person. I mean, you could ask that of a 50-year-old parent. Like, why did you yell at yeah. your kid? I don't know. I was mad they did this. Yeah, but maybe that's not the real story anyway. So I don't dwell a lot on sitting down and having an analytical discussion with right. a young child about their behavior. How can we make things right again with your cousin? And I also would talk about, you know, you're such a kind, sensitive child. And, and I even think, and now this may or may not be true, but I think that at least part of you was excited that he was coming over. Or you might say, and I think a part of you didn't like that he was coming over or that he was in your room. Like there's a lot of possibilities. So, sweetheart, how can we make things better with your cousin? You're such a kind child and some other part of you seemed to take over. Maybe you forgot how it might be scary for him or maybe your older cousin's were encouraging you and you really wanted to impress them. Maybe you just got really mad that he was in your room. I'm not really sure. Maybe you're not really sure. What do you think we can do to make it right? So, you know, a lot of parents will lead with, how do you think your cousin felt? Okay, maybe you can lead with that. Maybe you can. But I don't know. I, I always like to start with anchoring to, one, I love you. Two, I am the captain of the ship, meaning this is, this is a storm and we will get through it. I'm here with you. And three, how can I guide you into one of the most important life skills that we can acquire, which is making repair? So first I want to say, I love the reminder that making repairs, like the action item of the repair in a way is not only just one of the most important life skills, it also gives some way for the person who already inevitably feels so crummy mm. to feel helpful, like to have a path forward yeah. instead of a shame spiral. And so it's such a great way to lead, but also it's so, I mean, I have to say it's, it is so aligned, which we have already established with each other, but like the five principles of relationship and you're, you're coming in there, you're reconnecting yeah. reflection, you're naming what you think might've been going on and what might be going on for everyone. And then regulation. And here you are sitting back in a space of calm because you've gotten past the inevitable firestorm that was. Yeah. And then the rules, 
because you named that it was not an acceptable thing to do without removing your love, without saying that this person, this who you love is terrible and repair. And so in talking about repair, it's not just repair between you and your child, which inevitably is happening in that you're connected right then. Mm -hmm. It's also with other people. And I just love the leading in with that because there's something hopeful, like repair to me just makes everything hopeful just when you're feeling like a piece of crap. (laughs) And as a parent, I think that happens so often if we are just spinning out about what a terrible thing we did, it feels so helpless and it can even make it like get worse. But if you can lean into this beautiful idea of repair, then you get to come out of the hole. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. There's a way out here. I don't have to be defined by this place when I lost my way. Yes. Oh my gosh, we're going to lose our way. Yeah. And to know that our parents also lost their way and came back, like we just, it's, it's a beautiful cycle of being a person. Yeah. When you live far away from your loved ones, it is so nice to have ways of connecting different ways, whether it's talking on the phone, sending pictures or writing letters. But in this world where everybody's really busy, but wants to stay connected all the time, Skylight Frames is such an awesome gift because you can preload it with pictures of your loved ones. You can preload it with all of the pics of your kids doing the cutest things that no one else cares about except for your immediate family members and close friends. You can give it as a group gift that way. And so you can load it and then everybody can add pictures in real time. It just feels like everyone's connected. Skylight Frames looks really pretty and it's so thoughtful. Also, everybody enjoys this gift. So it takes the stress out of holiday shopping. It's so great, especially if you have loved ones who live far away. And as a special limited time offer for Raising Good Humans listeners, you get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash humans. To get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, you just go to skylightframe.com slash humans. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash humans. The number of times where I shamefully have said whatever I've said to my child and I've gotten the response based on how I'm reacting, what do you want me to do with this right now? And these are not my best moments. These are always in my like, so not my favorite moments of parenting, (laughs) not proud moments. But those are the moments when my children have reflected back that. And I'm like, oh, right. There's no way that I'm reaching anybody right now because I'm putting the other person in a complete state of defensiveness. So they don't even have space to make repairs or think about what's going on. Yeah. So that's just another pitch using the example of my mistakes of how we can really lean into what you said about how can we do right by this other cousin who we have not named. (laughs) We we never gave this person a name, but how how can we make them feel okay now? And I mean, side note, I know that we're not in control of how other people feel, 
but we are able to shift how other people feel. And also people can make you feel a certain way. I'm not sure how we lost that part of things because we walk into a room, people are laughing. We're going to feel a little bit happy or laughy for a second, even if we don't know the joke. And, you know, if we hurt someone, we can help them feel better. So I do, I don't want everybody to feel like, solely responsible how another person feels, but we have some responsibility. Yeah. So I like everything. That is a long-winded way of saying I agree. You know, Terry Real talks about rupture and repair, that that's the rhythm of relationship. It's basically from infancy. You know, we're taking care of our baby and then they start crying and, and there's the rupture. And then we kind of tune in and we see what's going on and we repair. And this is the cycle. And this is what it is, I think, to be in human relationships. So, you know, this idea that our that we support our child, it doesn't mean that they might not get whatever. I mean, it doesn't mean that there might not be some outcome of that. You know what? You're, I, I don't know that it's a good idea for your cousin to have the sleepover or this weekend until we can figure out if we've made things right. We want to make sure that he's feeling comfortable and that he feels welcome here. But maybe, maybe we can make that happen. And But this is such a, a compassionate way of approaching our children because they, look, the, if you don't have a fully operational prefrontal cortex, which you won't have until you're at least 25 years old, you're going to sometimes do the equivalent of locking your cousin in the closet, or you're going to write on the walls, or you're going to throw something, or you're going to knock down your brother's tower. It's like, this is, you know, what impulsivity and for, you know, developing executive function looks like. So I do feel, just one final thought about this is that when we're super hard on our kids because they have kind of lost their way, it's often the case that we are super hard on ourselves. And so you get to retroactively heal a lot of stuff that we experienced growing up that kind of might, might have led us to feel that we have to be perfect all the time. That's the beauty of parenting. One of the extra bonuses is that we get to sort of come face to face with the unfinished bits and wounds in ourselves, and, and say, wow, I'm so hard on my child. My expectations are so high. Do I do that to myself as well? I think we can apply kind of everything that we just went through with this particular scenario to any scenario that comes our way over this season or in general. And I just also wanted to say to your point about the sleepover just like, or whatever, you know, the consequence, the potential consequence. That isn't something we can control. We don't know how the other person who we might've caused harm to is going to respond. And that is also one of the great lessons of repair is like, we can do our part and it sometimes doesn't get received well, or there's Mm. still, you know, there's still a distance, but we can lovingly support our kids through how hard it is to have those consequences. And that is, okay. Like all of this is a wonderful example of the inevitable cycle of how these things happen and our healing and presence and ability to know like, oh yeah, this is, this is not dangerous. I mean, the closet locking could have gotten dangerous, but the feelings are not dangerous Mm -hmm. and the experience is hard, but we're all, you know, we're in it and everybody is looking at this through a compassionate, loving lens. And there may not be the, you know, the consequences may be that we lose out on something or we don't get this relationship connection for a little while with this cousin, but you have us, you have your, you have your caregiver 
and you can get through it. And that, and I love what you said about, you know, and you, you and I are so resonant with this idea that our goal is not to ensure that our children are never unhappy or sad or disappointed. In fact, those are the exact experiences if we support our children through them to feel their feelings to not run from them or hide from them or eat them or distract themselves, but to feel if we're steady in the presence of their disappointment and they feel their sadness all the way down to their bones or whatever, and we're not scared of that. We don't rush in with advice or fixes. Oh, sweetheart, this is just not, this is such a disappointment. I see that. And we're not real talky. We don't say a lot of words. We're just sitting there with them, maybe holding their hand or, you know, while they're sad and disappointed. I'll often say, picture your child at 35 or 50 or whatever it is, and they're solid and they have great relationships and they have good communication skills and loving people in their midst and they're healthy and they're confident. When they face disappointment, they cope well. Now reverse engineer that and bring them down to the age of seven or 14. And it was these moments that moved them in the direction of becoming that kind of conscious, balanced, you know, and I could speak from, you know, having an adult child, it's that I can see all those experiences that he had in early years, how they have now influenced his ability to cope with so many, you know, challenges. And he's met them so beautifully. And I know that every single time I wanted to fix things instead, <laughs> like it was painful to see. So painful. Yeah. yeah. But it's okay. <sighs> Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.